0: Financial Residency is proud to bring you Grand Rounds with Dr. Tammy. Each week, Tammy Kraus explores a new topic related to achieving financial independence by building and protecting your wealth. She invites guests who are experts in their fields who will share honest and valuable advice on a variety of topics. If you have an idea for a podcast, please email Tammy, that's T-A-M-M-Y, at financialresidency.com. Now grab your front row seat to this week's Grand Rounds. Hi, and welcome back to Grand Rounds. Mortgages and interest rates have been in, have been making the news lately as interest rates have hit 20-year highs over the past few weeks. So I asked our resident expert on physician mortgages to come back on the show to see if there might be a silver lining in all of this. You know, any way to plan for the future should interest rates drop again in the next two or three years. So I'd like to welcome back to the show Doug Krause with BMO Bank. Welcome to the show, Doug.
1: Hey, thanks for having me back. The big elephant in the room obviously is interest rates. And I think everybody knows we're in that 7% territory. I've seen some of the competition out there actually hitting eight plus so i think i'm running as a rule of thumb the average rate around 7% as opposed to a couple years ago interest rates at 3% then payments are over 50% higher than they were and just giving you an example of that a million dollar principal and interest payment when rates were 3 was around $4300 and at the current market rate at $6800 So, I'm just having lots of buyers that are just shocked at how much they can't afford now. So, it's definitely eye opening for people coming to the market now versus those people that were shopping for houses six months or a year ago that didn't buy.
0: So, I know price or mortgage rates change day to day. How often is this becoming an issue with your clients who maybe get a pre-approval, you know, a month ago. And then when they're ready to buy, interest rates have gone up. And maybe you told them they qualified for a million dollar loan, but the interest rates have gone up one or two percentage points. How is that affecting them?
1: You know, I, I have a lot of people that ask to qualify at the max purchase price. So I'm always careful to also give them the max payment because that's really what you're qualifying for. It's not a max purchase. It's the max payment you can afford. So, of course, that payment buys less when the interest rate's higher. And yeah, it's quite shocking. In a two-week span, I watched interest rates go up three-quarters of a point. They did kind of pull back a little bit, but during that time frame from the people that were pre-approved at, say, 6% and the rates got close to 7%, then it drastically impacted their max purchase price on the ones that were trying to buy at the very top end of their budget.
0: I can imagine.
1: And even stuff like insurance has gone up. I mean, as everything else has gone up, then the cost of rebuilding houses and everything else has changed. So insurance with the losses last year from Hurricane Ian and just other damages insurance companies have had to cover with the fires, then insurance has gone up I don't know, probably 40% in the last two years as well.
0: I know over the years, I've heard you talk about points and trying to buy down a rate. Is that something that makes sense at this point with the mortgage rates being so high?
1: You know, counterintuitive. A lot of people think, hey, now's the time I need to be buying down my rate. And they want to do that to get a more affordable payment. And they want to use the seller's money to do that. And it's just not a good investment. I mean, right now, If you can get sellers to contribute anything, use it for your closing costs, but when you're paying money to buy down your rate, typically it's going to be probably on a best case scenario, three years, and in some cases, five and a half upwards to even six years repay. Meaning if you spend $10,000 and it saves you $200 a month, that's 50 months to break even. I just don't think anybody taking on a mortgage right now is going to have that mortgage in 50 months because I believe rates will come down for the election next year and one of two things are going to happen. They're either going to refinance or they're going to modify their loan.
0: Can you talk about what modifying a loan means?
1: So some banks, actually a fair number of banks offer this, but a lot of it just doesn't get shared with consumers. So... From my bank standpoint, we offer modifications and starting September 1st, it's going to be a $1,000 if your loan amount's under a million dollars or $1,500 if it's over a million dollars. At a future date, when rates go down, we're going to let you keep the loan that you already closed and read the rate to the market rate. And it just makes a lot of sense for the bank because at some point when rates go down, I think they're going to come down fast and furious when they do then we're just going to get inundated with everybody that's sitting here at 7% when the rate goes to six and a half. And again, when it goes to six, that we would never have time to do another purchase loan. If all we did was refinance all of our pet clients. So in the bank's best interest of survival too, that we just don't have the manpower capacity to offer all those refinances, we're going to just streamline the process and let you relock the rate or a small fee. And the nice thing about that is it's probably a fourth or a fifth of the cost of a typical refinance. So if you're paying fifteen hundred dollars on a million dollar, maybe it's gonna cost five, six thousand just for the title policy alone or refinance. So it's a win win for both parties.
0: When you do the modification, do you have to provide all of your financial documentation again? I mean, is it Get, is it painful going through the modification process like it would be going through a refinance or getting a new loan?
1: So, well, first I want to say it's not painful to go through a mortgage with us, but <laughs> um, it is definitely a streamlined process. With us, it's going to be verified that you qualify. And for us, that's going to be you can't be 30 days late on your payment when you request it. And it has to make sense, you know. We don't want people modifying for an eighth of a point. Will we let you? Yes, but should you? Probably not, because probably when rates move an eighth of a point, they're gonna move a quarter or three eighths, so just have to send in an email request. We're gonna give you a new address to send that to, make the payment, and then the back end, we process a new amortization schedule, and a month to no more than two months later, you're gonna get a new payment schedule, which for them, remainder of the life of your loan so you're not getting a new loan you're just modifying the terms of the loan you already closed so if you close a loan at seven percent now and two years from now the rate goes to six you're going to get six percent and the corresponding payment that goes with that for the balance you still owe for the remaining 28 years you have left if it's a 30-year fix and i'll Elaborate on that a bit. That's a reason why I really like fixed rates right now. Most people it's, would think, hey, rates are going to go down at some point, so they'll just get an adjustable rate and then refinance later. If you modify an adjustable rate mortgage, you're only getting to modify the remainder of the fixed term. So if you take out a seven-six arm, for instance, two years in, you modify the rate. You're only getting to modify the five years you have left of a fixed period. So yes, closing an adjustable is gonna save you a little bit of money, but in the long run, if you think rates are gonna go down in the short term, meaning a year and a half or less, and that's where I think the opportunities starts to come in because of the election next year late in 2024, then it's probably worth it to take a fixed rate if you are gonna have the option to do a modification later because let's say an adjustable rate saves you a hundred dollars a month. Well, in two years you're only gonna save twenty four hundred dollars, but modifying it at fifteen hundred dollars versus refinancing it at seven or eight thousand is a much better deal. And you could always take the adjustable rate up front, ride that out for three or four years when they're gonna be substantially lower than they are now. I mean, nobody has a crystal ball here, but to think that they're gonna be lower than we are now. Then when that happens, you could refinance and maybe save enough money at that 100 or $150 a month savings times three or four years. Then it might be justified that you have to pay for a full closing cost to do a refinance to get back into a fixed rate. But I don't think anybody wants an adjustable rate long-term unless they just don't plan on owning the house. Or they can write a check and pay it off if the rates do go up on them. Because the scary side of it is on a... Uh, adjustable rate mortgage right now, the market's still compressed. You are only seeing a quarter or three-eighths of the point over a fixed rate. But whenever they do start adjusting, that very first adjustment, they can go up 5% on most of them.
0: Yeah, that could be painful, potentially.
1: I mean, that could wreck somebody's finances, especially somebody that was, you know, clear at the top end of their budget anyway. So I just say be cautious with the adjustable rates and... If you have the option with the lender you're going with to do a modification, then do the math. It might just make sense to, you know, a little bit of pain now to lock in a fixed rate because there's also the risk of maybe the rates never come down. And if that's the case, the adjustable rate at some point is going to go up. And then when that happens, you won't have the option to get even the 7% we're seeing today. I definitely don't think that's going to be the case, but you never know what the future brings.
0: True. So, you know, I'm Pollyanna and I always like to try and find the silver lining in things. And I've kind of heard that phrase, you're married to the price of your house, but you're not necessarily married to the interest rate that you get today. Have you seen any market correction in the housing market over the last six months or a year? Are you able to buy more house even though the interest rates have gone up?
1: Yep, the old adage is, marry the house, date the rate. So in doing that, this is actually... Again, a lot of people think, you know, this is a horrible time to buy a house. It's really not because if you think about it, housing are priced a lot like cars are by the payment. And as the interest rates have risen, the realtors have figured out, hey, there's no market for somebody to buy a million dollar house at 7%. like used to be in that market at 3%. So the prices have come down some. So You get to buy the house, not at a peak interest rate, and then wait out rates in a year or two, hopefully you get a better interest rate and actually come out long-term better off than somebody that bought a house at 3% that paid under two. I literally talked to somebody today that two years ago, whenever I was talking to them, I was offering them a 2.5% three-year hour. And they didn't buy the house because they got outbid by $525,000 over asking price.
0: Oh, my goodness. So
1: that's not happening now. So the market is still high, though, because inventory is just low and it's supply and demand. So people are still scratching their heads like rates are seven. How can I still not find a house? Well, the reason inventory is so low is... Who wants to give up their 2% or 2.5% rates that they lucked out on? I actually closed three people at just under 2% on a a three-year arm. But who wants to give up their three or three and a quarter percent, 30-year fixed right now? They go out and buy at 7%. I have clients doing it on a daily basis, but the average consumer definitely doesn't want to take that hit because, again, a million-dollar house, Went from 4,300 to 6,800 for a principal interest payment. That's painful. I mean, you have to really like the next house to make a lateral move or make a move up. Then all of a sudden going from their $600,000 house to a million dollar house, that's going to be substantially over double after you factor in, you know, the higher price and the higher interest rate. So that's what's holding inventory is so low right now is just because nobody wants to sell because they don't want to lock in a seven percent rate right now but there's always going to be buyers i mean it's just historically there's new people coming out of the market and there's families that outgrow their house i mean you know, people bought houses when the rate was 18 percent, so seven percent not going to kill the market it's just definitely slowed it down for most
0: there's been quite a bit of turmoil in the physician mortgage market as well, if I understand that correctly. Are you familiar with some of the banks dropping out of the space lately?
1: Yeah, there's been several. And the Fed hasn't helped matters with recently. They've increased the reserve requirements for banks for 95 and 100% loans. So you're seeing a bigger spread today, even than what it was a month ago, that a 100% loan now runs a quarter, even three-eighths of a percent higher than the 90% loan. And previously, there was maybe an eighth of a percent difference. But because of that, along with just a lot of the banks have just wanted to back off and get out of portfolio lending, at least for the time being, and portfolio lending meaning loans that they're going to put on their books and hold in service. And that obviously is doctor loans because Fannie and Freddie won't buy jumbo loans and they won't buy they won't buy jumbo loans but they also won't buy loans that are no pmi low or no down payment so banks backing out of that space uh i think u.s bank let go of like 300 producers a few weeks ago Bank recently uh kind of backed out of the space i heard Couple customers saying that fifth, third, at one point their doctor loan rates got up into the eights. I think they're kind of back in the space a little more competitive, but there's just been a lot. I mean, TD Bank's merger with First Horizon that ended up falling through. So that kind of put a damper for a little bit on First Horizon. They're kind of back in the game now too, but just a lot of movement in the bank space or in this market. I think BMO still. Very much has an appetite for it. I think we're going to be in this space, but it's fewer and fewer. So, like everything else, competition goes down, supply and demand. As competition goes down, the rate goes up. So, I definitely don't like seeing any of my competitors drop out of the space because it's just not good for the consumer.
0: I can see that. Any words of wisdom to you know someone that needs to buy a new house now?
1: You know. It's still, again, if it's choosing between renting or buying, even if it's not your dream home, as long as you don't think prices are going to plummet, then even paying more than you expected to or want to pay, it's still a good investment in my opinion that you buy a house and over time it appreciates that rent is just paying for your landlord's mortgage. But when you buy a house... Painful as it might sound, if you're looking back and you can't look back because, you know, what was available two years just isn't available right now, but it'll come back. And ideally, like I said, if you buy these prices, hopefully they're off the peak and then later modify your interest rate to a lower interest rate, then you actually might come out better than some of the people that were paying two and 300,000 over, I mean. Not only over the list price, because that was maybe just a pricing gimmick, but over the actual value. Like I had people that were getting 100% finance and still bringing two, 300,000 to closing. So they were buying a million dollar pound to of pretty a million dollars, but they had to pay worth weight three to get it. And now, you know, those potentially are upside down. I mean, they haven't really posed a problem to the market because most of the people doing that were. Well, off now that whenever the market did adjust, they weren't going to walk away from the houses like they did back in 08 through maybe 2011.
0: Do you predict I, any kind of crash like we had back then?
1: Not at all. I think the crash last time was definitely Wall Street driven on a daily basis. Laugh about it. That I get asked almost daily, you know, does this have prepayment penalties? And that's a great question. But. There's almost no loans out there that have them. They'll come back because Wall Street's stupid and they come up with some kind of scheme that makes money and then they put out bad loans and those loans are what caused that problem. So banks now have to qualify buyers. They're called QM loans. And with that, I just don't think we'll see the same type of situation we had before where you just let somebody that didn't even have a job could just state their income and state their assets, don't have to prove anything to go out and buy a million-dollar house that they wanted. Those days are gone, so I think that's not going to see the same kind of adjustments we saw then. Will we see a little bit more fullback? Probably if rates take it to eight, I don't think we get there. I think the end of the year, I think we almost hit our target for getting inflation in check. And I think as soon as they hit that, they have to kind of let the market simmer for a little bit, but at some point, they're going to start unwinding that to get some of the first time buyers back into the game that just got priced out with seven or 8% rates. And historically, and again, you can't always use the past to predict the future, but I've been doing this 25 years and watching election years. It's just seemed like clockwork that rates seem to come down to Accommodate the election. It helps out the incumbent. And that's just, it's not even that they have control over the fed, but it just seems to work out that way. And maybe it's just a coincidence over the last five elections, but time will tell. We'll see next year. But my guess is I'll see rates be a point and a half lower than where we're at now is my prediction.
0: Well, if anyone wants to get in touch with you and ask questions or, you know, look into a mortgage or whatever, how would they best get in touch with you?
1: You can always find me at duckcrafts.com. That's just dot coms. That has my email and cell phone on that site. You can email me, call me, and the Hippocratic Times book that we wrote is free on that site as well. And As always, I'm always happy to talk to anybody, answer any questions, even if you're working with another lender, not sure if you're getting a good deal or not, happy to review what you got for you. So feel free to reach out anytime.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show again. We just hadn't really talked about mortgages or housing in a while and have just been seeing it more and more in the news. So I figured everybody probably had some questions about it. So thanks for coming back.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: And I hope you'll all tune again. Tune in again next week for Grand Rounds.